Own Your Creativity, Episode 94. This is the Own Your Creativity Podcast, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Johnston, the Story Coach. Leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors hire me to capitalize on their wisdom because most are unsure of the value of their personal experience, confused about how to be authentic, and lack the confidence to share their stories. So I coach them on how to activate their creativity and release their stories. Because bottom line, once you own your creativity, you take the lead. Over the course of more than 70 interviews for Own Your Creativity in the first two years of the podcast, I talk to people from all walks of life, musicians, writers, painters, but also engineers, philosophers, and entrepreneurs. Across the board, every single person agreed that when they ignored their creativity, life was less than it could and should have been. But when they owned their creativity, when they welcomed it into their day-to-day existence, life improved, personally and professionally. That's because creativity is the key to critical thinking. It's a necessary component of how we fashion unique solutions to old problems. Critical thinking requires us to be nimble. It asks that we take what we've learned so far and bring that knowledge to a new situation or an old problem and figure out a solution that fits the current landscape. The solutions we have figured out before are not cookie-cutter solutions, though. It's not one-size-fits-all. We have to adapt and adjust our previous solutions to the new context. Tweak this, change that, move this over here, etc. Then we're able to come up with a novel way of solving a situation. If we don't have this capacity for creative and critical thinking, we will not be able to adapt to new situations. This ability to adapt quickly to changing times is crucial for business people and is a highly sought-after characteristic that employers are looking for in their new hires. Because the pace of life is almost breakneck speed these days, business people need to be able to respond quickly and solve problems almost on the fly. If you're not equipped with a solid foundation of creativity and critical thinking that you nurture on a regular basis, you'll be lost in the new economy. If you're feeling a bit rusty in the creativity and critical thinking department, it's not difficult to start oiling up the squeaky cogs. (laughs) Something as simple as joining us in the Audacious Author 5-Day Challenge can set you on the right path. During these five days, you'll learn how to unlock your creative potential while having fun at the same time. So to join us, go to my website, ownyourcreativity.com, and register there. Next, my guest on today's show is businesswoman Layla Rami. And as an immigrant from Syria who made her home in New Brunswick just seven years ago, she knows a thing or two about owning your creativity. Layla holds a Bachelor of Science in Pharmaceuticals, a postgraduate diploma in Human Resources Management, and an Executive Leadership Certificate from Oxford University. Layla has over 25 years of experience in different domains including marketing, human assets training and development, and public relations and communications. Layla enjoys an international perspective of cultural awareness and has a wealth of experience as a volunteer in humanitarian aid and support. As an advocate for human rights, 
Women Rights and Equity, Layla co-chaired the Immigrant Women's Association of New Brunswick. Additionally, Layla joined forces with an enthusiastic group of immigrant entrepreneurs to establish the New Brunswick Business Immigrant Association. Today, Layla engages her passion in image consulting, empowering corporate and professional clients to discover, identify, and enhance their strengths, uniqueness, and brand. To hear more of Layla's story, join us at the Fearless Women's Summit. To get your ticket, go to bit.ly forward slash Fearless Montreal. Here's our interview. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Own Your Creativity podcast. I'm really excited today to be talking to Layla Rami. Welcome to the show, Layla. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very pleased and honored. Thank you. So let's just dive right into the questions. Now, the first one is why do you believe it's important for people to own their creativity? I believe everybody is creative in their own way. Uh, they might not realize it on their own. Uh, some other people might see it from the tiniest thing, from like uh, how they start their day or the, how they organize their agenda or the calendar to how they make their food or even to be an artist and paint a picture. They Everybody has their own uh, talent and they uh, can be creative in their own way. And I think that uh, when you own your own creativity and you believe in it and you try to um, focus on it or just like at least realize it in your daily life and you're dealing with other people, it makes you who you are and makes you unique and it will distinguish you from, from the others. And so how do you think that creativity is shown in how people dress for work, for instance? Well, for me, this is... Uh, uh, part of my business that to uh, help people show their uh, how they look uh, it is not something that everybody should be dressed in the same way in a formal way if they go to a professional environment or if they go into a party they have to dress up in a like a long dress or something it is only about what is really reflecting your inner being how do you feel and what is the image you want others to see you? What do you want to reflect that is will tell who you are? And that's mainly how you would look at your creativity in dressing up to work or to any other event. So you might want to dress something in so much like vibrant colors. And that makes you feel comfortable in your own clothes. And then you would go, even if you're going to a professional environment and wearing a red dress, that's already fine. You just know how to dress it to be appropriate for a professional environment mm -hmm. and still keep your identity and who you are and still showing that. Maybe you are a very serious person. You like gray colors or dark colors. You want to be very formal. Maybe you want to put some kind of a touch to it, like a scarf or something that would show who you are in a different way. So you're going to be more dairy maybe to show some femininity or some uh, even some like deep thinking or whatever your personality is. So I think that's where you, your creativity might show. Some people are afraid of showing that. So I just help them with these accessories to show that. And how does sharing your stories make you a better leader? I, I, I think I believe in myself to be a leader in different ways. Um, sharing story is one part of it. I was encouraged to share my story because I have a lot that happened in my life, a lot of tragedies, uh, 
in my life that I did not really notice at the beginning that they might uh, these the events might help others see the life their lives in a different perspective and to look at um, every event in your life as a lesson to learn from it to go become a better person and this has been drawn to my attention because people were interested in knowing more about my story and I saw the effect of telling my story to different people on different levels in a group or in, in a uh, one-on-one and I noticed that this has something also to help me uh, realize what what uh, stuff that I'm grateful for and that thing that happened to me that I really resent at the time. Now when I look back at them, they are lessons that I learned that made me a better person. Mm. And if I see that this uh, impact in others to become better people or even to appreciate what they have in their life and to inspire them to go a further uh, a mile in their journey... So I should be doing that. It's not a choice for me. It became like a mission. So I feel like I need to tell people my story and, and ask them what they kind of take from it. It, it. They might take different things from different part of my story, but it would help somebody else. And that makes me feel first satisfied that I could help someone else. And then I should be very aware of what I say and how I say it because I don't want to mislead them also in my story to a different direction that is not beneficial for anyone. So it makes me also realize what are the lessons that I learned that might help others. Hmm. And what do you like most about sharing your story with an audience, you know, on the big stages? What do you like most about that? First, it makes me also feel that I am... um, radiating my energy in a way just to uh, uh, it, it gives me power a kind of inner power of realizing my abilities uh, it is scary but it's a good scary because you don't know what to expect your audience might like you might not there will be variant people reacting to you uh, so sharing the, uh, the story for a big group of people is always an experience and every group of people had their uh, um, cumulative uh, uh, energy together so it whatever they give me I can give back so if an audience is not responsive or not really interacting I wouldn't feel that much of energy to give but that would make me feel like I have to make more effort to engage them so that they can listen to me. But when you see an audience that are like very eager to, to respond to you or to uh, get what you're giving, receiving, um, that would make me feel like more uh, generous in giving more of, of myself and from the heart. Yeah, it really is a two-way communication. You know, you do get feedback from the audience, you know, nonverbal or, you know, you just can have a sense, you know, and then, then you have to think on your feed and say, okay, so that didn't work. How can I reach them, you know? And really, exactly. I, think it, I think it really brings out our creativity, too, in, in problem solving, you know, if, if we're exactly. not getting the reaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and to, uh, to uh, add to this, uh, I never get a script. Whenever I speak in public, I don't have a script that I read or I don't memorize what I'm going to say. I just have bullets in my head that these are the points that I want to talk about. 
And I speak spontaneously on the moment. It depends on how I react to the audience. And I might ask a question, and from what I feel the response is, I might divert my my uh, speech and what I'm I'm delivering, depending on their response. So what what interests them more, and that's what my major. Uh, goal is to have their response and then even if they get with one thing out of my speech that's good if they can get more that's even better so it is just for me it is just like as if I'm dealing with one person one-on-one yeah so what's the number one reason that people need to come to the fearless women summit in Montreal this August I will share my reason uh, I wanted to attend as an audience uh, last year, but the timing did not fit where, with my schedule where I wanted to. I wanted to learn about the, the um, abilities of women in general to change the world because they can change their own life. If you change your own life, you can change the life of the most close to you, and then that would change on a bigger re- radiation. And... I also um, wanted to remind myself that I have the power to change the things that I don't like in my life and to gain my own power of running and controlling my own life. And when I tell my story in in the conference in Montreal, um, you would know what I mean because I have gone through a lot of changes in my life that I I did not choose most of them and I had to deal with with what's coming next with the sequence of, of that yeah. event. And I wanted to learn from that. And being someone who is sharing their story this time, I think, and I've looked at also the others who are sharing their stories, they're very, very interesting stories that I'm sure that every one of them is very inspiring and very powerful. I think each one of us, in a way, we are fearless. Or I might like to say more um, is that we we are courageous and we are uh, capable of doing things uh, in a way nobody would imagine, not even us, ourselves. And when we are put in a situation where we are faced with danger uh, for us or for somebody around us or a risk or a fear or whatever it is that we are facing an obstacle, that's when we discover the, the courage that we have inside of us that we never knew would exist. Mm-hmm. And I think sharing those stories would help others to understand their own their self, themselves and then understand their abilities to overcome obstacles if they ever face it, if they haven't. But I'm, I'm pretty sure every one of us, by the time they are in their early 20s, they have faced so many obstacles but they might not maybe have struggled in dealing with those. But I think this is a very important point. And I like your point about that things happen to you just not by choice, that they just happen to you. But the stories that people share at events like the Fearless Women's Summit, both on stage and in the aisles, because people will talk to each other and share their stories too, that really what it's about, you know, being courageous is about how you react to those events because lots of things are out of our control. But the only thing that we do have control over is how we're going to react to it. So are we going to, you know, act cowardly or are we going to react courageously? Are we going to be problem solving? Are we going to say, okay, so that 
kind of took me for a loop, but what can I do? How can I deal with it? You know, how can I move forward positively? And I think that's one of the great things about conferences like this is that you hear about how people solve those problems, you know, how they didn't let them, they may have fallen down, but how they got back up and how they moved forward. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, also to know uh, how to choose your battles because you can be fighting battles and obstacles all the time. You it's need true. to choose what is worth it and what would be the outcome of it and what is not worth that fight that I might just let go of that and turn yeah. my back and change direction and move to the next step. So it is really a good balance that you need to know when you can and when you can't and then push yourself when you feel like, no, I, I, I'm not able to do that. No, you can do it, but is it worth doing it or is it worth fighting for it or what, whatever the situation is? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So we come to our last question, and this is the random fun question. There are uh, five to choose from. So I have these cards, and you, um, I'll show you the five cards, and then you pick which one, and then I'll read you the question, okay? Okay. Okay, so we have penguins. And we have the cardinal, we have um, a polar bear with a big scarf, and we have another one with a bird on his head, and then we have the rocking horses. So which, which one did you like? I like the cardinal. The cardinal, okay. Cardinal. All right. So the question is, describe the color yellow to someone who is blind. That's a tough question, because <laughs> if I think about the, the color yellow, uh, I would think about the sun. But someone who is not able to see the light of the sun, they might see what they are missing. I might think about yellow of maybe warmth, like how you would feel when you are warm and standing in the sun. And imagine what color would you think about it? Like, I don't know if, I don't want to be uh, saying something inappropriate. I don't know how they visualize uh, colors, but I know that they would feel and sense it. And I think this is the, the closest thing that I can think of. Because when I think about the color yellow, I think about the sun. Mm -hmm. um, because when I was little, I used to draw the sun like a like a round circle, in, and I color it with yellow. Yeah, that's the uh, the most like uh, shiny kind of uh, vibrant yellow. That's what I think about. What kind of clients do you have that gravitate towards yellow, or that you would recommend that they wear more yellow, and why? Most of the people who are uh, drawn to yellow color are people who are sociable, who are like, uh, we call them the, the shining, uh, shining uh, sun. That's also, it's true. They, they are very vibrant in their personality. They like to be uh, the center of attention, uh, not in a bad way, but, but they like to draw, draw attention to themselves. They want to be unique because not many people really look at the, uh, color yellow as the favorite color. So I, I have been uh, avoiding wearing yellow for so long. I think when I passed the age of 48, 49, now I'm 51. But when I when I passed that step, I felt I haven't wear yellow in my life. I'm gonna dare now to wear yellow, and I loved it. And it just 
what we wear actually would reflect on us. So what color you wear, it would change your personality. When I wear yellow or orange or any vibrant color, I feel like I am more daring. I am more like enthusiastic and happy. It just gives me that feel of like fulfillment and happiness. While rather when I'm wearing dark colors or gray, I feel like very fir formal and very rigid. And like you feel like it's a distance. You can't really even reach to that person when they're wearing those colors. But when you're wearing yellow or any shade of, uh, of orange still, like you're approachable. Cool. Very cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in August and hearing you speak. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me. It was really fun. I, I like that uh, we had the chance to talk about these things. The Own Your Creativity podcast is now up to 3,360 followers. Thanks to everyone for your support of the podcast. Welcome to our newest OYC followers, D. Gilber one Myra Bella 74, SG Marshall, and a special mention for LWBN9B, who has a cute nostalgic photo of six kids posing in front of a vintage white car as their profile picture. I wonder what trip down memory lane that image represents. Thanks for listening today. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. What was your biggest takeaway? Did you have an aha moment? What was it? Did you start to make room in your life for creativity? And if so, how did you do that? Any other thoughts you have about writing and creativity? We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a comment on my Podbean account at bit.ly forward slash the OYC podcast, all lowercase and all one word. Or send me an email to info at ownyourcreativity.com. Or you can leave a voice message and you might hear your question on air in an upcoming episode. To leave me your question or your comment, all you have to do is go to bit.ly forward slash OYC contact and use my speak pipe that you'll find there to leave a 90 second message. Lastly, to spread word about the show so we can help even more people own their creativity, I'd love it if you would share your favorite episode on your social media with the hashtag OYC podcast. OYC podcast. And I'll put that into the show notes. If you missed the live masterclass I gave last week, Memoir Writing Simplified, I put together a special encore recording for you. Go to bit.ly forward slash OYC dash MM dash encore for that. And that link will also be in the show notes. That's it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, own your creativity and take the lead.